Are you interested in learning more about how EOS can help you run a better business, become a better leader, and live a better life? Stay tuned for all the ways you can jumpstart your journey on EOS. You got to know what people are saying about you. Keep your ear to the ground and then also be able to adjust. You can have the best laid plans, but if they're not working, then you need to make some shifts and some adjustments. And hummingbirds are nimble and they're agile and we can move in whatever direction is necessary to meet the needs of our client. And that is what we do. That's Makara Rumley describing how agile and nimble hummingbirds are, the namesake and inspiration behind her latest entrepreneurial endeavor and environmental justice consulting firm. Her team specializes in community engagement, strategy, and data analytics, and systems change training, supporting A&E and planning firms, private developers, federal agencies, and municipalities. We create safe spaces for information exchange and divergent viewpoints. The point is not for everyone to agree. The point often is for people to, to feel like they were heard and to see something of what they said or ideas in the final product. So the point is for people to feel like they were heard and see something of what they said in the final product. I think we can all relate to how true that is. It goes so much deeper than our built environment, our natural environment, deeper than backyards, neighborhoods, businesses, and communities. And it touches on the very relationships that make these spaces exist. And that's what our episode is about today. The people and relationships that can make or break your ability to achieve your vision. When we applied the people analyzer on everyone, that family member was not able to make those adjustments. And I had to ask them to separate from the company. And I have not spoken to that person on the phone since. Oh, wow. And that was extremely difficult mm. because you like this person, you love this person, but they're not walking in the system that we've committed to. And the leadership team would lose respect from the rest of the company if we did not apply the same process and expectations to every single person. No one would completely buy into this, Pam. They would just think it's a crock, you know, that it's baloney. Welcome to We Run on EOS, a podcast about running your business like you're playing your favorite sport. I'm your host, Pam Kosenke, the head of revenue at EOS Worldwide and a professional EOS implementer. Makara's story of persistence and drive in the face of doubt and resistance is going to give you encouragement and game-changing insights about the kind of people you need on your winning team. So let's get into it. All right. So you are an attorney by trade, I hear. Yes. So just tell me a little bit about how an attorney finds herself in an entrepreneurial journey? I think that I've always had that entrepreneurial bug. So after finishing law school, I clerked for a judge for a year, but then I ran my own law firm. It was a personal injury, criminal misdemeanor. So I was probably, I don't know, 25 years, years old and set up my whole business. 
So, you know, my first entrepreneurial journey was at that time. And then I also like started a nonprofit with a friend. So I've, I wouldn't say I've done different things, but, but endeavors that required the same muscle of what it took to found this company. Fantastic. Sounds like the perfect visionary entrepreneurial story right from the very start. Tell me about your path into the field of environmental justice. I actually started off as a math engineering major at Spelman College. I was going to major in math and go to Georgia Tech and become an engineer. And I took a class by Dr. Robert Bullard, who's considered the godfather of environmental justice. He had written several books, one of them dumping in Dixie. And it just, it just was, it had a huge impression on me Mm. to the point where I said, you know what? I'm changing my major to sociology. I'm minoring in political science and I want to do environmental justice. Now I just decided to choose the law to use the law to help to achieve justice for environmental communities that were overburdened. I'm curious to know what were the themes in that experience that ultimately were the catalyst for you saying, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do this. This is what is needed. Dag, Pam, you just asked the best questions. So being able to travel all over the U.S. and seeing what works and what doesn't work in terms of community engagement was really the impetus. There's a source of pollution that is located there and they're scared about their health. And so how do you have a conversation about the same thing, but make sure you're speaking to the respective audience in a way they can receive the information. They don't feel alienated. They don't feel intimidated. And for whatever reason, I have a gift of knowing what shifts to make depending on who um, I'm talking to. And I think some of that muscle was developed, yes, while I worked as an environmental justice attorney at Green Law, um, which is now a defunct nonprofit environmental law firm, but also under the Obama administration, whether I'm traveling to a Native American tribe that the Eastern Band of um, Cherokee Indians here in North Carolina, whether I'm in Oregon talking to those Native communities, whether I'm looking at gentrification and the impact it's having on pushing people further and further outside of the city core. And the city core is usually where transportation is and access to resources are located. And now they're pushing to the suburbs and they can't get to where they need to be to looking at what's happening in the North in terms of some of those stressors and looking at the different cultures. You want people to be able to absorb and be receptive. That's who I am. I like people and I want to make sure to connect with people. So you, you did the traveling, you did the work. Suddenly you see an opportunity, you see a gap. You're a visionary, you're an entrepreneur, you're shooting that gap. You talked a lot about muscle. You're, you know, that's my language as an athlete. Like you're building this competency, these repetitions and the strength Mm -hmm. to go do something. What is that thing that you saw needed to happen that ultimately made you say, I'm going to start this business because we can do a whole nother level. We can have a whole nother level of impact. It was really that cultural gap in communication. So you have the large, you know, federally funded, robust projects, 
And those engineers and those project managers would say, we don't know how to connect with the people on the ground who are living around this development. So when you're having conversations about complicated, like chemicals that nobody can pronounce, cleanup processes with equipment that nobody knows the technical name for, um, schedules and statutes and all these things that, you know, are used in industry, you don't bring that same language when you're talking to the people who want to understand what's going on and who are going to be directly impacted because they live there. So you're like a master translator, it seems like, a communicator that that understands, you know, mind, body, spirit almost, and and able to kind of take corporate policy to the community and understand Mm -hmm. how those things relate to each other. What is your secret sauce? Is there a process that you work through? We have a process, which is trademarked, is called the engagement nest. Everything has some relation to a hummingbird, but we have six steps within that process that allows us to conduct a situational analysis. Look at the history of what is the story of this community? What do they see as their assets? What are they proud of? And what are the opportunities that they've already identified? A lot of times folks, you know, come in and they want to do things to you. They want to do community engagement to you because they've already identified all the things that you need when they should be doing it with the community, right? Because sometimes you'll go in and they've already created a vision plan and no, you won't be able to tick off every box on their vision plan, but they want to know that you've read it and you've determined that you can touch four five and nine, you know, act like you care, make some effort. And then step two is relationship building. What relationships already exist? Which ones are strong? Which ones need to be repaired or enhanced? Who's missing? Who's not showing up? And then what is the process framework? Do we need to have three big meetings? Do we have to ha- need to have little meetings? Do we need to show up to things that are already occurring and exist? And that looks different once you get in, you get to know and understand the community. And then what are the communication mechanisms that you're using? We kind of have what we call it a, like a buffet of different things we can choose from. You know, email blast may not work. Social media might not work if it's more of a, you know, seasoned community. So just figuring out what's going to resonate most with them. And then also we call it headline mitigation. People always think of mitigation or headlines as negative, but how is the community talking about the project that is occurring there? You know, are they saying things that are incorrect, meaning there's some more education that needs to take place? You know, are they for it? Are they against it? Is it a mix? You got to know what people are saying about you. Keep your ear to the ground and then also be able to adjust. You can have the best laid plans, but if they're not working, then you need to make some shifts and some adjustments. And hummingbirds are nimble and they're agile and we can move in whatever direction is necessary to meet the needs of our client. And that is what we do. So when they hire us, they also have to be willing to make adjustments if we find something that we didn't know before because we've gotten a chance to know the community. And ultimately, Pam, I would wrap it up to say we create safe spaces for information exchange and and divergent viewpoints. 
The point is not for everyone to agree. The point often is for people to, to feel like they were heard and to see something of what they said or ideas in the final product. And if that can occur, take the time to tell them why. I mean, I mean, I'm smiling at you because first of all, what you just laid out was so brilliantly simple, mm-hmm. smart, respectful, and ultimately drives to a greater good. You know, everyone seems to be doing community and engagement, but what you yeah. just said was just an unbelievable process for how to break that down into actionable components, almost as if you're running on EOS, by the way, which yeah. you know leads into my next question. Tell me how you got there. Tell me the moment that you said, wow, we need something more like this to run our yeah. business. And I'd love to hear that kind of game-changing moment for sure. you. Sure. The aha moment pan was just a couple of years ago where we have, we grew 400% over COVID. So even though the world was shut down, construction projects and development was not shut down, if you remember. So municipalities are still trying to get money off their books. Projects were still funded. If you don't apply that funding, you, you lose it. Lose it, yeah. And so we had all these new contracts you know, we had grown the company, we have all these moving pieces, and I just felt disorganized. As a very strong Virgo, but we gravitate towards organization. And as an attorney by training, I have an analytic, analytical mind, even though I do see myself as a creative person in terms of how to connect. And <laughs> funny enough, my husband went to something and he had had this traction book on his nightstand, like forever, hadn't been cracked open. And then over a period of a few months, like after I was just like, I got to get it together and I don't know how to get it together, Pam. There was like a mentioning of EOS and traction just in random discussions, places. It was like- The universe was calling calling the universe. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Signs, but I'm just swinging, swinging the bat for no reason. And, um, then I said, you know what? And I have that book is sitting there. <laughs> and I read that book and it was like, angels were singing. Like, <laughs> this is what I need. And, and I'll even show you like this little EOS life. Oh yeah. Journal planner. I tried to step away <laughs> for like a month, you know, just too busy to organize. And I picked it back. I was like, what was I ever thinking? EOS is just so logical. It makes you keep yourself and your team and your business accountable. And without accountability, you you have no consistency in, in what it is that you're doing. And to tie it in of the way we describe our approach to projects, Pam, if it's not transformational, we don't want to do it. So even though we're a for-profit company, we're mission-driven. So we don't do transactional projects and we don't do transitional. EOS allows us to be transformational in the clients that we decide to partner with and the people we decide to hire, uh, the people we decide, you know, this may not be the best place for, you know, each of us, this may not be the great fit. And then also just in how we operate 
on a daily basis. It also gives you permission to give people constructive feedback because they know that it's done within a structure. Tell me more about that. I think that when you manage expectations for people, it makes them feel safe. Whether they like something or they don't, they understand what the process is and the way it's going to go. So when we started using the people analyzer tool, you know, whether you are in line with our core values, which are emotional intelligence, nimbleness, innovation, and accountability, and whether you, you get it, want it, and have the capacity to do it, when all of our conversations were based on the people analyzer with our staff, as well as whether someone was a good client for us, it helped us not um, veer away from our ultimate mission and creep into projects that aren't our expertise and aren't in line with where we want to go. It helped us stick to our project minimums financially. Like, you know what? That sounds great, but we got this revenue goal and this is our project minimum. So if you know, if you have another one that fits that, that's not the only one, but when you're very clear about what your drivers are and what you need to, what you need to get there, like what your yellow brick road is, you're like, that brick is purple. And (laughs) I like purple. I really do. Purple is the color of royalty, (laughs) but we need a yellow brick. Just making sure you're staying on the yellow bricks. I feel like that is what EOS does. As Makara highlights, the People Analyzer tool, a method of measuring your team members' ability, desire, and capacity to perform their roles and align with your core values, was especially helpful. However, staying on that yellow brick road requires discipline, accountability, and leadership. And when you're already responsible for running a business, this can quickly become overwhelming. Makara knew with certainty that EOS was the right system for her team to run on, but she also recognized it was too much for her to implement on her own. This is when she decided to bring on Shay Peffley, an experienced certified EOS implementer to support and guide her team so they could run on EOS more efficiently. Having a virtual assistant who is trained on EOS can help you get unstuck as a visionary or an integrator. As the EOS preferred assistant service provider, AssistPro can help you with a right fit assistant, matching your personality and communication style. Get the $25 an hour work off your plate and give it to an assistant who truly understands EOS. Visit assistpro.com and learn how their right fit assistance can be the right move for you. I remember our very first conversation and I was just amazed by her as a um, woman of color, as a, you know, entrepreneur and just everything about her presence was just very appealing to me because at the time she, her organization really wasn't what we would call target market. You know, at the time she only had, you know, um, eight employees. She had a leadership team of two. And it wouldn't have normally have been an organization that, you know, I would have, I would have um, said, oh my gosh, let me, let me serve you. Let me serve you. I wouldn't have normally done that, but everything about just her mission, her drive, her, her integrator, who she named later, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. So I couldn't, I couldn't wait to jump in and and see what they're all about. Having Shay to, you know, be our shaman and walk us along the, the EOS journey is critical 
Now yeah. this this road is not without its <laughs> potholes and thorns. And you know, I had a family member that helped to implement EOS. And, you know, at the time saw it completely aligned, seemed like we were rowing in the same direction. She said, I don't know if you know this, but this person is actually my family member. And I did not know that going into it. Mm. So now the dynamic was it was, added, <laughs> it was like, aha, light bulb. This makes sense. Uh, I can smell yes. this a while away. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember her explaining that. So I immediately explained the model of, you know, the owner and the family and the business and what comes in and out of the session room. And she totally got that. Um, so session two and session three became more interesting. A lot of different dynamics going on in the room, lots of breaks, Lots of um, emotional conversations, lots of defensiveness. You know, people show up, you know. We're human just, things, hey, human we, things. We can be frustrating, right? We could just be yeah. frustrating. I get it. You know, you love family. You love your business. You love your, your leaders on the team. And yeah. I recall one time just asking her, Makara, what would you do if this was any other team member? Um, mm, good question. How would you handle this? She goes, oh, we'll just pull out the people analyzer and we'll look at our core values and we'll do this. And I, and I said, exactly. I said, so what's, what's preventing us from treating this team member the exact same way? Yeah. And I remember the breakdown and we had to work through that. But, you know, when I use the word fierce, approachable yeah. fierce, she, she came back and she made the tough decision. When you made this decision... Mm-hmm. And you put the wheels in motion. What was the response from your the rest of your team? They were shocked. The team was shocked. The leadership team, who we all worked together to make the decision, finally shared with me that they felt like they could open up and let me know how they really felt. They didn't feel like they could do that because that person was a relative. And so they were holding back bringing their complete self and talents to the overall success of the business because there was a barrier there that I couldn't see mm. or it took longer for me to see. I can imagine what it felt like to make that decision. How do you feel now? It was the best decision that we could have made. Our traction was thwarted that now that that obstacle has been removed, we are moving in the same direction. My leadership team, we've gotten closer. And I mean, we're all just, we're aligned. And it sounds like there was almost so much clarity yes. in the vision that you were setting mm -hmm. that you almost can't unsee yes. when something doesn't match. Yes. And yes. it becomes an objective point of view that sets you free yeah. to make hard decisions. That was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make as an adult. Courageous. That is the moment when you make a decision like that, where there's an exhale, there's an exhale in the room. And they bounced back and made some very aggressive goals, you know, in their annual planning for those two days. And I just remember being at the end of the second day and I'm like, how are you guys feeling? And they were like, we feel great. We feel great. We did this. And I was just so, I was my heart. I was so happy for them. EOS allows you to step into being 
who you envision the company to be because the infrastructure is there. Mm. Now I'm not intimidated by new opportunities. And now I know that my focus is to get to, to get the right people in the right seats. And that is our number one focus right now. Phenomenal. And it sounds like, you know, reading, reading a little bit about your story, the, the words delegate and elevate were kind of a magical uh, moment for you. And part of it is that you are able to get right people in the right seat so that you can do that. There are some people that hold the, the VI talent equally. I, I definitely think I'm more visionary. And if I have to integrate, I will integrate. But since some of the responsibilities have been lifted off of my plate or out of my LMA, I've just had just the best ideas. And that's where I get excited by ideas, by innovation and by closing. I love selling what we do. I love building the relationships with our potential clients. I love nurturing those relationships and, and being a thought leader in our industry. I hadn't been able to, to write. I hadn't, I, I had to, I couldn't attend as many networking events. I couldn't go to conferences. There are all these things that I could You were stuck. You were I stuck. stuck. And so I feel like I'm being able to, you know, starting to lift uh, into my true purpose. And I move like a hummingbird. That's what I'm not a hundred percent there, but I know how to get there. I, I know the path to be a hundred percent there. Embracing the EOS life and Shay's support as an EOS implementer helped Makara see where her defense was weak and where her offense needed some work. This measurable approach to understanding what is working in your business and what isn't, who is thriving and who is simply holding you back is a key benefit of running on EOS. And perhaps most importantly, it provides an objective framework for having those necessary, uh, but oh so tough conversations. With the newfound momentum that resulted from getting the right people in the right seats, Makara is soaring to new heights with her Hummingbird team. We have a huge hiring push. So we'll have four additional team members by the end of the year. So really excited about that. We're pushing more into a contracting space that we think will, you know, up our, increase our size. We want to be considered the the number one internationally recognized company for community engagement. International. International. Fantastic. Okay. And so in order to do that, we've decided to invest and up our marketing. And so that we have an opportunity to touch more communities in a positive way. One of our measurements is the number of communities we positively impact by our projects and we have an annual target. And so that is part of our story. And so making sure that we are staying focused on, on being on projects, being positioned to make a difference, to build those communication gaps, to build those bridges mm-hmm. and, and putting ourselves in position to do that. And the more people who know about what we do, the more opportunity we have. Absolutely. And it, when it comes to people, so you said a big people moves, right? Can I go back again to this muscle that you've built mm-hmm. and some of the extremely difficult decisions that you've made around people? What is that muscle? What is that lesson or strength that you've acquired throughout this process around people in particular? 
I would say that people like when they have a starting line, you know, having built this, being the, the founder owner and having built this solo, I've done every job that everybody does by myself, you know, when I was a smaller company. So it took a year to get everything that was in my head into standard operating procedures into our, so that we would have a process. And that is the, it is painful and it is drudgery, but when it's there, it's there. And so when I ask somebody to do something, I'm not expecting someone to do it exactly how I would do it because there's only one you, but I've laid out the steps that I want them to follow so that they can, you know, have a starting place for creating the deliverables for our clients, for having some consistency in the work quality that's produced. This perspective on giving her people clear guidelines and responsibilities and letting them just fly is proof of Makara's mindset growth as a leader. Letting go of responsibilities that you used to hold on to tightly might feel impossible at first, but when you have an aligned team who understands your vision, it can become transformational. For the Hummingbird team, Makara says this process of attracting the right people has even gotten a makeover. But Pam, the other piece is, it's not just about us building community externally, it's about building community internally. So if you don't wanna get to know your coworkers, Mm. if you don't wanna build relationships, this isn't the place for you. If you just wanna work 100% remotely, when we know we want in-person interaction, Mm-hmm. This isn't the place for you. If you don't ask people how their weekend went because you really are listening because you care, <laughs> this isn't the place for you. So it isn't for you to find new best friends. It's for you to build community, to care about the people that you're working with, for this to feel like a hummingbird fam for you. And isn't that spot on? If part of your business mission is to build community externally, what better way to accomplish this than to perfect it internally? Building the business you envision is only possible when you have the right people in the right seats. Makara's journey to building her environmental justice firm, Hummingbird, illustrates just how powerful the right people can be. Her story also highlights the sacrifices and tough lessons necessary to achieve a winning season. It's not gonna be easy, but it will be worth it. If your team is stuck, the entrepreneurial operating system might be the playbook you've been missing. Follow We Run on EOS on your favorite podcast app to make sure you catch every episode. The entrepreneurs behind the entrepreneurs, EOS implementers help business owners get everything they want from their businesses. Request a free 90-minute meeting with an EOS implementer to learn how they can help you on your journey towards EOS mastery and living your ideal life, your EOS life. Visit eosworldwide.com to get started.